You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, what is up, podcast world? Uh, My name is Scott Worthington. I am the host of this amazing podcast called the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Um, It is officially, ladies and gentlemen, 2021. We made it out of 2020. Um, We're actually recording this, and we haven't quite made it out just yet. We're recording this before Christmas. Uh, I'm sitting here in the office of... Shoot, the same office I've been in, I guess, for 30-something episodes recording these podcasts with the one, the only, Pastor Vance Pittman. Vance, how you doing, man? 2021 is upon us. Oh, that has maybe never sounded more beautiful than uh, <laughs> anything I got. 2020 has been, I'm, I know everybody feels it, but 2021 cannot get here fast enough. Uh, we're all looking forward to a fresh start. Uh, like you said, we're recording this a couple of days before Christmas. So we're in the throes of the Christmas services now and all the rush of that. It's a lot of fun, excited about what God's doing, but really looking forward to 2021. And I can't open this podcast without saying Alabama is again in the college football playoff national championship. So uh, hopefully by the time this releases, we've already won our semifinal and are headed to the national championship. You know, it's funny you say that because on the same side, you know, a different side of the coin, but same same arena, the Cowboys have definitely – gone to the playoffs by the time this, <laughs> this he can't not, even say it with a straight face this folks. is not a video he podcast can't even say it but vance's uh face yeah uh if you if you listen to the podcast i'm a dallas cowboys fan and just like the last 25 years um it is not our year so mm. we will move on mm. um i think it makes it worse being on staff here at hope for the last 12 years or so and Alabama's just never bad, and so it's so annoying. <laughs> it is. It is, and we give Scott a really hard time about this love of the Cowboys um, and their perpetual demise, but at least this year you can blame it on 2020. Yes, you know, there I you mean, go. Hey, we finally got it. 2020. Thing. Speaking of 2020, as you saw in the title of this episode, uh, hopefully leaders all over the country, all over the world, in, in, in the church space, in the marketplace – um, we don't ever want to leave a year like 2020 without some hard evaluation of, you know, I, I heard one, at one point somebody referenced 2020 as um, that was a train wreck inside a dumpster fire inside a hot mess. And I thought that was accurate. And so out of all that, um, what have we learned? So this podcast, uh, really excited kind of about the format. It's a little different. Uh, we are looking at 10 leadership lessons from 2020. Kind of quick format. Just a, a, We made a list, myself, Vance, and our executive pastor, Travis. Um, we sat down uh, about a month ago and just kind of mapped out what are some things that we've learned. Vance, I'm really excited just to just to kind of walk through these. Yeah, I am too, Scott. We, it was really um, – it was somewhat rewarding when you and I and Travis uh, – and for those of you that don't know who Travis is, you can go back and listen to one of our podcasts we did on strategic planning where Travis was a part of that podcast. And, Scott, you can put in the show notes what podcast that was because I think that's such an important tool that we have here at Hope uh, from a leadership standpoint. But it was so rewarding sitting in that room that day because you just feel like 2020 has been, like you just said, such a dumpster fire. It's such a – difficult situation 
that to actually look back and think about some things that we've learned where you can really see some value in all the complexity and all the challenge of 2020, I was super encouraged and refreshed just spending a few moments with some brothers and let's talking as leaders about some lessons that we've learned. And like you said, really excited about sharing these with the listeners. So we got 10. Uh, We're going to put the list in the show notes if you're just kind of looking for a quick list. We've kind of titled each one. So what we're going to do is Vance will kind of say the title of the lesson we learned and then just kind of unpack it. Again, real short format, 10 of these. We're not going to spend a ton of time. Some of these actually, as we talked about it, we talked about could become full episodes because they're such great lessons for leaders. Um, But we're just going to one through 10 uh, in our short time together today. So Vance, what is the first leadership lesson from 2020? Number one, Scott, is change is not an option but the way we respond to it is. The reality is that we are living in a fast-paced, ever-changing world, and that reality is constant. Change is a certainty. James, even in the New Testament, James, uh, we're about to launch into a study in the book of James here at Hope Church, and I'm, I'm actually studying those first few verses now where he says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Not if, but when. These things are going to happen. Circumstances are going to change. Situations are going to change. And change is not an option, but the way we respond to it is. As leaders, we have to be flexible and ready to adapt in moments of change. So I don't want to steal the thunder from the next couple, but I remember back in March, um, if we can remember that far, uh, when we made the decision, Vance, like like all churches really that we we do life with uh, back then, was we we're going to go exclusively online. I remember when we said that phrase. I, that's kind of the, my my crew here at Hope. That's the team I lead. Um, that didn't exist at Hope Church. Like <laughs> exclusive. We posted Vance's sermon. Uh, on Monday, and that was it. We had no music online, so we would have been real in trouble if we weren't flexible in that moment, in that really 24-hour period. Uh, And so, yeah, change is not an option, but the way we respond to it is. What's number two, Vance? Number two, if we don't leverage technology, we will be left behind. Um, And through technology, the world today is literally at our fingertips. And to be totally transparent, when it comes to technology, my generation that I come from, I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of in that in-between world. I finished college without a computer, got my first computer in seminary. So I'm I'm technologically savvy. I understand some of it. Guys like Scott have discipled me in technology. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I have a real hesitation when it comes to going all in as it pertains to technology. But, man, I just learned, you said it a minute ago, if we hadn't been ready to pivot, if we hadn't changed and leveraged technology, we'd have been left behind. I mean, we went from being not online at all to being exclusively online for months. And you and I as leaders have to be ready to leverage and use technology more than maybe ever before. Uh, what Vance means, by the way, just a little insert. Uh, I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago or so when Instagram first kind of took off. And, of course, my generation picked it up, and, and, and we didn't know how to use it back then. So ba- basically everyone just took, if you remember, everyone just took pictures of their food. And it was kind of a weird new format. Nobody knew about it. Um, it was kind of up and coming. And I remember one day Vance said, I don't understand. I will never need or want an Instagram. Now, here we are in 2020, almost 2021. If you follow Vance, you know he's a very good follow on Instagram, and that man 
loves the IG. So <laughs> that's what he means by. But it's it honestly is true. I don't love true. it as much as you love telling this story. But <laughs> I've told it a few times. <laughs> yes. uh, but if he didn't leverage technology, he no would doubt. now be the pastor, the book, you know, the author, the speaker exactly without an Instagram. Right. And you would have not, you know, not been so. Yeah, Instagram welcome. and the Holy Spirit; those two <laughs> things are right up there together. Number three. Sure. Number three. Technology is a powerful servant but a dangerous master. And so with everything I just said about we have to leverage technology, we have to remember at the end of the day, ministry is about people. John Maxwell, the great leadership guru, says leadership is influence. And influence is really the impact you have in the lives of people. And so we have to make sure that technology is a tool that we're using and it's not driving the train. And this this is true in our leadership. It, it, it's really true for me personally. I, I told Scott this morning, uh, in a meeting we were in, I shared with a couple of guys that in my own life, I've realized over the last couple of months that where my, my iPhone should be a valuable tool, what had become in my life was a hobby. And my phone doesn't need to be a hobby. My phone needs to be a tool that I use to work with and a resource that I can use for communication and information. And so I've put some, like I deleted all games off of my phone. I've gotten rid of that because my phone had become such a hobby. It had become my master instead of a servant, a tool that I was using to accomplish the mission. So, man, technology is a powerful servant, but it's a dangerous master. Don't let technology make the decisions. Let technology strengthen the decisions that you've made. That's awesome. So just to recap, we'll kind of recap after a few. Change is not an option, but the way we respond to it is. Number two, if we don't leverage technology, we will be left behind. Along those same lines, number three, technology is a powerful servant, but a dangerous master. Trucking right along, Vance, what's number four? Number four is game-changing circumstances create game-defining moments for people to shine. Let me say that one again. It's a little long. Game-changing circumstances create game-defining moments for people to shine. This year, we faced incredible game-changing circumstances. And, Scott, before we uh, began to record this, we were talking about football and sports like we always do. And I told you the story of the 2016 national championship that Alabama won. Um, we won it again in 2017. But, <laughs> oh, but in, in 2016, <laughs> won the national championship. Um and um, it was, an, it was a, a game, one of those Alabama-Clemson games, and um, Derrick Henry was really the star of Alabama's football team. Derrick Henry, who's now maybe about to win the MVP, possibly in the NFL. Derrick Henry's having this phenomenal season. Uh, back then in college, he was just as good. He was dominating as a player. And everybody knew national championship game is going to be Derrick Henry. Well, Clemson knew that. So they schemed around stopping Derrick Henry. Derrick still had a decent game. But, but the game-changing circumstance was they schemed to shut him down. So what it opened up was a game opportunity, a, a game-defining moment for a guy named O.J. Howard, a tight end that not many people had heard of. O.J. Howard had 600 yards receiving in the entire season. But in that one national championship game, he had 208 yards receiving and two touchdown passes. So because the circumstances in the game changed, it created an opportunity for O.J. Howard to shine. It put him on the map. And what, what I've seen happen this year with the COVID year and everything that's gone on in politics, it created some game-changing circumstances for us as leaders. And what I watched happen was people on our team who maybe were serving in different ways, began to shine because new opportunities were created. It's almost like it literally changed the game. If you had 11 guys playing football and you changed the game to baseball, 
Now you've got to find new positions for everybody. And what I found this year was an opportunity to watch new people on the team rise up and demonstrate leadership in new ways because those game-changing circumstances created these new game-defining moments for new people on the team to shine. That's awesome. That's awesome. And another opportunity for you to talk about Alabama's dominance. Roll tight. <laughs> All right, what's number five? Number five, the mission doesn't stop in moments of crisis. If we're not careful in moments of crisis, we circle the wagons and simply protect everybody who's inside the circle. And I watched this happen on our team. We have, a, a, I talked about it a minute ago, a strategic planning process every year that we call, for example, this year, Project 2021. When we were going through that and people were talking about their plans for 2021, I noticed on our own team, we were trying to focus on keeping what we had instead of reaching what we didn't have. And even though we, we need to give emphasis in these moments of crisis to shepherding those that God's entrusted to us, we can't lose sight of in ministry, for example, the fact that 92% of our cities lost and they're facing the same circumstances, the same problems, the same challenges, and they don't have Jesus. They don't have a relationship with God. They have nobody to pray to, talk to, turn to. And so the mission doesn't stop in moments of crisis. We have to keep in front of us the lostness of our city, the lostness of the world. And the same thing is true even if you think of it outside of the context of ministry and Christianity. If you're leading a business and you're going through crisis, you've got to continue to remember the the mission for which that business or that organization was created. Because just because there's a moment of crisis, the mission doesn't stop. And we've got to keep pushing the ball forward. That's great. That's five of them. We're halfway through. And again, hopefully you are, uh, this is going to be ones where maybe we're thinking some of these will inspire conversations on your team. Or maybe just after the first five, you're thinking, man, I need to sit down and think about what my leadership lessons are. That was kind of the heart behind this, this episode. So uh, I know it's fast paced. Those are the first five. We're going to move on to the next five as we conclude. What's number six, Vance? Number six, you're communicating whether you know it or not. So do it often and do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, this really, uh, you know, I watched our team, and, Scott, I think it's one of the things that we did really well. It's one of the things I got tons of email and response from. And what's funny is on both sides, you know, people that agreed and people that disagreed, they would all agree that we were at least communicating well. Yeah. We were getting the information out there. They didn't always like the information we were giving them, but they had the information. Um, and at, But then on the other side, I was watching leaders in our community and leaders in our, our government that weren't doing a good job of communicating. In our own state, for example, and listen, I don't say this begrudgingly because I understand people in, in governing leadership over the last 12 months, it's been a no-win for them. There, there was nothing they could do in the politicized culture that we were in that wasn't going to frustrate people. But one of the things they could have done better is just been better communicators, just been clear, been transparent, been consistent in their communication. So what we walked away from this understanding is if people will fill in their own blanks if you don't do it for them. And so as a leader, you need to answer the questions that people are asking. If you don't, They'll answer the questions themselves and many times answer them incorrectly. And you need to give them the information as the leader that keeps everybody on the same page. So you're communicating whether you know it or not. So do it often and do it well. That's really good. Uh, what's number seven? Number seven, encouragement really is encouraging. Um, man, I, like everybody, 2020 has been a challenging year. And uh, emotionally for me, it, it's just been a tough year. 
And if you uh, follow uh, Gallup, the polling organization, every November they do a study on the mental and emotional health of Americans. They did that study again this November, released it first week of December, and said that uh, Americans' mental and emotional health is at an all-time low since they've been studying it. As a matter of fact, every segment of society reports their mental and emotional health worse off this year than it was last year, except for one, ironically, which is those who gather regularly for worship. Um, but Man, I just found this year in my own life, when I would get that text message from somebody who said, Pastor, man, I know you're in a tough spot. I know these are tough days. Man, just know I love you. Just know I got your back. Just know I appreciate what you're doing. And that encouragement, it was like cold water in the heat of the desert. It meant more. And so I tried to be intentional and reciprocate that into the lives of others and make sure that I was encouraging members on our team, that I was doing it often, that I was shooting them a text to say, man, I see what you're doing, I see what's happening, and, and just to encourage them of life change and what was taking place and how they were encouraging to me. But in the midst of all this, don't forget the simple reality. Encouragement really is encouraging. I think I heard because I can I can think of as people are hearing this depending on their influence and size of their team, they may think, well, man, I can't I can't do it for everyone. And I remember I think it was Andy Stanley that said at one yeah. point, "Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone." Yep, um, it's a great statement, and I, I love that. And so you know maybe maybe this podcast you're listening to this right now as just an encouragement for you. Who today can you encourage? Um, in the midst of what has been a hard year for everyone, everyone has been touched and impacted by COVID nineteen and the whole, the whole year. Um, so encouragement really is encouraging. Let's let's continue on, Vance. What's number eight? Number eight, similar but it's different. A simple thank you goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be people who give thanks. I mean, the scripture commands us in everything to give thanks. We're to be thankful, obviously, towards the Lord. But we should also be thankful towards other people. And, man, looking for ways to be intentional about simply saying thank you. Uh, for leaders in an organization, I try to, uh, and I'm showing a little bit of my cards here with my own team, um, but I try once a week minimum to get out of my office and make a circle around our office area. And I just make a circle around that office area just to drop by people's desk and I try to just be intentional two or three times around that circle to just thank people for what I know that they're doing. Maybe I heard a story that somebody shared about something somebody had done. Maybe I saw the impact. And just to say thank you. We have um, hundreds of hours a month of community service volunteers on our, our campus that are it's a partnership with what we have with the uh, judicial system here in the city where people get assigned here to do community service work. Um, it's a phenomenal ministry opportunity. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor ministry leader, you got judicial systems in your city that are looking for places of productivity to give people community service to serve. The church needs to step up and be one of those. It's a great opportunity to meet a need in your community, share the gospel with people. We've seen people come to Christ. We've seen people's lives change. And now we've seen such a success rate out of it that the the, the, the normal success rate for retention in community service in the state of, city of Las Vegas is about 35%. We're seeing an over 90% success rate with people that serve in community service on our campus not winding up back in the system. Uh, so it's been a huge testimony in our community. But but when I'm walking the campus and I see one of those guys or gals in a yellow vest, I stop them and just say, hey, man, I'm really grateful that you're coming and helping us out and serving. A simple thank you goes a long, long way. And as a leader, you need to remember that your words 
carry weight. Mm. A thank you from anybody is significant. But when somebody that they view as a leader, an influencer in their life, notices and expresses gratitude, you have no idea the weight of that in somebody's life. So a simple thank you goes a long way. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, and such a good word to leaders, too. I, I'm learning that as I grow in my own leadership, and I've experienced that. Um, you know, I've, I've joked with Vance. Whenever Vance has something that, that, that I don't love that he says to me, it crushes me. But when he encourages me, it is such an encouragement. So, man, a simple thank you. But if you're a leader and you have a team and you have a large team, maybe you have a team a lot like ours here at Hope where there's kind of multiple levels, um, even that thing that Vance said he does when he walks around the office. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people are, like, texting their spouse and, like, you have no idea how – much wind in the sails of your team a simple thank you and an acknowledgement for what they're doing and it really does go a long way so well, scott a, a perfect example that this year you know every, we were all officing from home and working from home as much as possible so there were members of our team that i literally didn't see see for several months mm. uh because when i was here they weren't here when they were here i wasn't here but i would see things they were doing in ministry, and I'm thinking of one, one, one in particular on our team who was leading his team, and they were just really setting the bar high for yeah. going above and beyond, creating new ways, and and I would just text him when I'd see something posted or see some some parent posting something online about their kids being involved. I would I just shot him a text, said, "Man, I just want to say thanks for the way you're leading," and man, he came back to me after several months of that and just communicated to me. The wind in his sails, it was just to get that simple thank you. Uh, and it just reminded me that a simple thank you goes a long way. And that took you noticing and taking 15 seconds to send a text. That's it. But it is like like you said. It's just, worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah. all right, what's number nine? Number nine, when the house is on fire, priorities become very clear. I mean, we've all heard that illustration, okay, your house is on fire, what's the one thing you're going to grab? And what it's communicating is when the house is on fire, priorities become very clear. And this has been a year. You said it earlier. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> the year is on fire. Yeah. But what's happened is we've all had to evaluate what's important. What can we not do because we don't have the manpower, we don't have the bandwidth, we don't have the resources, but what are the things that we have to do? And crisis like we've been in kind of forces us to choose to spend our time in those things that really matter. And so leverage that as a leader. Don't just go back to what you were doing. You've made some decisions about priorities this year. Make sure that your plan for the future is consistent with the priorities that you've identified. For example, in my own life, uh, one of the things that happened is uh, for several months, we didn't have church on Sundays. We'd record a service on Thursday and had no service on Sunday, which meant for the first time for me in 31 years, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, before I was anything else, I was husband, dad, and granddad. And you know what, Scott? I loved it. Like, getting to, to have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday where the primary focus was my wife, my kids, and my grandkids, and just to enjoy that, it just reminded me of the priority of that. And, and here's a, a new question that I ask now as I, as I time manage in my own life. When I'm trying to make decisions about time management, one of the questions I'm asking is, will that person be at my funeral? And if the answer is, I don't know, or probably not, then that's not getting the priority in my schedule for my time. I want to invest my time 
with people that I know, they're going to be at my funeral. Man, they are so invested and involved in my life that they're going to be there until the end. Uh, and that's a priority that's been identified as the house has been on fire this year and become very clear. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff from, from pastors, but also different different other leaders. And that seems to be something that everyone is evaluating right now is the nobody was traveling, no big conferences or events were happening, and, and everyone was having to stop and, and really be in the moment for better or worse. And so really taking some time to go, what out of that evaluating, what is important and what has risen to the top as priority and really, really, really important. So, uh, and that's a great question. Will those people be at my funeral? And that being a filter uh, for what you give priority to. So, rounding us out, before I read them all again, what is that last leadership lesson for 2020, Vance? The last one is the softball toss. It's the one we all know, but it's just number 10. Every obstacle is an opportunity. I mean, Romans 8.28 tells us God's at work in the midst of everything. He's always at work, and he's doing it for our good and for his glory. And that's been true this year. Every obstacle is an opportunity. And if you don't look back this year and see some new opportunities that have grown out of the obstacles, then you've really failed as a leader. Our job as a leader is not just to just to survive. Our job as a leader is to help the organization that we're leading to thrive. And part of that is turning those obstacles into opportunities. One of them, for example, I shared earlier my hesitancy with the whole online thing. And let me say this. I do think there are limitations to online as it pertains to community and church because biblically the church is the, the called out ones coming together and being on mission. There's a part of being together community that is demanded that can't be accomplished online. That being said, this year forced us to utilize online, and about a third, two-thirds of the way through this online thing, we realized at Hope Church 49% of our viewership online was from outside of the state of Nevada. And so what it's birthed for us, we're launching it this month in January, but an entire new online strategy called Hope.Online targeting the massive audience that we have outside the state of Nevada for the purpose of connecting those people to live the life of a Jesus follower and to look at ways to, to mobilize those people to maybe start and plant new churches. And so God's used this incredible obstacle of this year to break down some pride in my own life, to give me an openness to some of this online platform, and then turned it into an opportunity for us to leverage it for the sake of the kingdom. So every obstacle is an opportunity. So here's just a recap again. These will be in the show notes. Uh, and as I kind of just recap these in, in a minute or so, uh, what, which one sticks out? Which one do you need to pull the car over and jot down a note or, or send yourself a voice memo or sit down with your team? Uh, I think these are 10 really good ones that we evaluated. And maybe you have more that you can evaluate with your team. But change is not an option but the way we respond to it is. Number two, if you don't leverage technology, you'll be left behind. Number three, technology is a powerful servant but a dangerous master. Number four, game-changing circumstances create game-defining moments for people to shine. Number five, the mission doesn't stop in moments of crisis. Number six, you're communicating whether you know it or not, so do it often and do it well. Number seven, encouragement really is encouraging. Number eight, a simple thank you goes a long way. Number nine, when the house is on fire, priorities become very clear. 
And number 10, every obstacle is an opportunity. Those are our leadership lessons from 2020. Before we wrap up, Vance, anything to add, anything to, to yes, leave Scott, our listeners with? The last thing I'd say is, first of all, thanks for another year of, of tuning in with us as we begin a new year. Um, but, but let me say this. The, the, the exercise of sitting down with some key leaders in my life and us talking about what the lessons were was so profitable. I challenge you, if you're a leader and you're listening to this, pick two or three key leaders around you, get in a room and say, hey, what did we learn in 2020? And put your own list together. Uh, put that list together so that you can understand the things you need to walk out of here with and you can also make the most out of what God has done in 2020 in your life to develop you as a leader. So the exercise was so profitable for us, I encourage you to do the same thing. Yeah, if you don't evaluate it, you don't learn from it. So evaluate the year, and uh, we look forward to a brand new year in the world, but also on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. So we will catch you again in February of 2021. Until then so long. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.